Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now for our story. This morning, in a courtroom presided over by Judge Hiram Willoughby, the custody suit of Meade versus Calvert was in session. A few minutes earlier, the assemblage had arisen at the bailiff's request and had remained standing while a salute to the flag was given. Now, in the lull which precedes the questioning of the first witness, Lefty Larkin turns to Aunt Mary, who is sitting beside him. Well, Aunt Mary, let's hope things go better today. Yes, let's. So far, I must say it doesn't look too good. Oh, it's too bad. The way that Mr. Farnsworth twisted things around when he cross-examined Miss Thorndike. I'd been putting a lot of faith in the effect her testimony would have. Yeah. That nurse ought to have been a swell witness for Bill. But Farnsworth made her look like a spiteful old maid, jealous of Kit's having a baby. And that isn't true at all. She's really such a nice person. And if anyone could be any help to Bill's case, you'd think someone who'd been living in Ben Calvert's house, seeing what goes on, would be it. (coughs) Didn't you say Angus plans to call their housekeeper as a witness? Yes. I imagine he'll call on Lucy today. You think she'll do any good, Aunt Mary? Well, Angus thinks so. Although he did have quite a lot of trouble persuading her to testify. At least that's what I understood. But apparently she finally agreed. I'm kind of surprised she did, too. She's always seemed such a mousy, frightened little old person. Lucy is rather timid. But she's a good-hearted person. Well, heaven help her if Farnsworth goes after her the way he did with David and Miss Thorndike yesterday. He'll probably frighten her right out of her wits. I'm afraid you're right. Of course, Judge Willoughby's no fool lately. Mm. He's got a lot of good common sense, and he's a man of perception. I'm sure he'll be able to tell what the real situation is. Regardless of how Farnsworth makes it look. Mm, maybe. Well, Angus seems ready to start. Your Honor, I wish to call Miss Lucy Norris to the stand. This way. If you please, Miss Norris. Yeah, that's right. Right up here in front. Thank you. You could just sit down in the chair over there. Here. Is this where I'm to sit? Yeah, that's fine. Right next to the judge. Hey, yeah, that's fine. Do, do you want me to take off my hat? <laughs> it's quite all right, Miss Norris. May leave your bonnet on or off. It's no matter. Now, this gentleman has something to say to you. Yes. Raise your right hand, please. You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God. Uh, what's that, sir? I, I, I beg your pardon. I, I didn't quite catch what you said. Uh, repeat the oath, please, bailiff. And don't mumble. Yes, Your Honor. Raise your right hand, please. Now, do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Oh, yes. Y- yes, indeed. Uh, thank you, Miss Norris. Now, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and you ought to answer just the question I ask you. Now, do you understand? Uh, yes, sir. All right, then. 
Now, first, what is your name, please? Why, Mr. McKillop, you know my name. Yeah, but I'd, I'd like you to say it so the rest of the court will know it, too. Yes, sir. Lucy Norris, sir. Yeah, very good. Now, now, Miss Norris, you work for Mr. Ben Calvert, do you not? Yes, sir, I do. What is the nature of your duties, please? The, the, the what? The what, sir? Oh, what do you do for Mr. Calvert and his family? Oh, oh I, I cook and clean and wash. Uh, I do all the work. And now, since Miss Thorndyke's gone, there's the baby to look after and Miss Kit. I mean, Miss Calvert doesn't... Uh, Your Honor, I object. The witness's remarks have no bearing on the question. Objection sustained. Proceed, Mr. McKillop. Is this? How long do you work for the Calverts, if you please? How long? Yes. Oh, gracious, it's a long time. Indeed it is. I can't say exactly about 15 years. Yeah, will you tell the court, please, exactly how long you have known the defendant? So that is to say, how long have you known Miss Kit Calvert? Miss Kit, sir? Why, I've known her all my life, ever since she was a baby. But, of course, she wasn't always at home. She was away to school, you know. Hey. Then, except the periods when Miss Calvert was away from home, you've seen her off and on since she was a child. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And then she got married. Uh, now we're coming to that. Uh, Miss Calvert's marriage. Yes, sir. Uh, Miss Norris, do you remember the night Miss Calvert returned from California with her baby? Oh, yes, sir, I do. Mr. Calvert was real excited. Uh, now, suppose you tell us in your own words what happened that night. Well, after dinner, Mr. Calvert got ready to go to the station with Mr. Mead. Mr. Bill Mead, who was then Miss Calvert's husband, eh? Yes, sir. He went to the station with his father-in-law, Mr. Calvert, to meet his wife. Was that how it happened? Yes. And then when they came back, Mr. Calvert and Mr. Mead took Miss Calvert up to her apartment, uh, the apartment her father, that Mr. Calvert, had ready for her. Yes. After a while, uh, Mr. Mead came down to the kitchen. I'd gone to bed, but my room is just off, you know. I heard him rattling things around and... Fill in the tea kettle. Yeah, yes, go on, go on. Well, after a while, I heard voices. Mr. Mead's and... Uh, you heard Mr. Mead talking to someone. To whom was he talking, Miss Norris? Uh, I, I don't feel right about this, Mr. McKillop. It don't seem as if it's up to me to be sitting up here and talking about the family this way. Uh, now, Miss Norris, now, no, don't be nervous. Just, just tell us what you remember. Uh, you do remember the name of the person whom Mr. Mead was talking in the kitchen, don't you? Well, well, yes, I do, but but it's none of my business. But it is your business, to tell the truth. I'm sure that you're an honest woman. Oh, yes, sir, I am. Then you just do as I say now. Tell the court who it was who came into the kitchen that night. Well, if, if I must, it was Mrs. Calvert, Mr. Calvert's wife. I see. From your bedroom, which is just through the laundry, you uh, you could hear their voices quite distinctly. Hmm? Yes, I I heard them. Do you remember anything Mr. Mead said? Well, he he said he was awfully proud of his son, that he he was a fine, healthy child. He sounded very pleased, but sort of sad like too. You see, he sounded as if he were unhappy. Uh, Your Honor, I object. Objection overruled. The testimony is entirely admissible. You may proceed, Mr. McKillop. You were saying, Miss Norris, that Mr. Mead, the baby's father, sounded unhappy. Now, from what you heard later on in the evening, can you tell the court why you believe Mr. Mead was unhappy? Wasn't it because, on the very evening his wife returned from a long absence in California, thousands of miles away, 
On that very first evening, his wife refused to return to their home, the home in which they had spent the first months of married life. Wasn't it because she insisted on staying under her father's roof rather than return with her husband to the home he had provided for her? I, I don't remember. Uh, but you do, Miss Norris. Think back. Try to remember. No, no, I, I can't. I've got my sister to think of. It's not for me to go telling tales. I'm an old woman, and I've always done my work right. Mr. Calvert's never been a day late with my wages. I'm not going to go tell uh, uh, Just a moment, Miss Norris. Now, now try to calm yourself. Do you remember the oath you swore when you entered this court today? You promised to hold the whole truth? Oh. And you swore an oath in a legally established court of the United States of America. Now, now, Miss Norris, I think you'll answer my question, won't you? But I don't know anything about it. Honestly, I don't. Right, Miss Norris. That is all. Mr. Farnsworth, do you wish to examine the witness? No questions, Your Honor. Lucy Norris, in her best black dress and bonnet, was led from the courtroom sobbing. Ben Calvert, who had been sitting forward in his seat tensely, relaxed. The color began to come back to Kit's face. Jesse wore a mask-like, non-committal expression, and George Farnsworth, the attorney from Chicago, openly beamed with triumph. Meanwhile, Angus McKillop began savagely stuffing his papers back into a worn leather briefcase. He knew well enough what had happened. Farnsworth had gotten to the frightened old woman, had convinced her that her job was at stake, and there was nothing Angus could do about it. Nothing at all. <laughs> 